Happy Monday, Razorback fans. It was a stressful weekend for you, I'm sure. The Missouri State game did not go as most expected, including ourselves. I mean, what what were we supposed to say? We had a lot of people get on to us about the fact that we said there's no need to panic about Petrino and Missouri State. Turns out in the first half and basically the first three quarters, there was need to panic. But uh, Arkansas came out with the win, and that's the most important thing. So the Hogs are now 3-0. They beat Missouri State. They beat Bobby Petrino. Some are saying that the Petrino curse is gone. I I don't know if it is, um, but you did beat Bobby Petrino. So there you go. Congratulations. Sam Pittman said it himself. He got out coached, but he did say, I'm not going to say their team outplayed ours because we won the game. So there's that. Uh, on today's episode of the Gridiron Hawks podcast, we're going to talk about that game, go through it, go through what we thought, what we saw. We'll give some pro football, fo- pro football focus grades that the Hogs got. Um, some good, some pretty darn bad. So we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll get into that. Arkansas plays Texas A&M this weekend. It's going to be exciting. Realistically, realistically, Robert and Alex. I've got Robert Student and Alex Trader with me here on the Gridiron Hogs podcast. I'm Mason Choate, hogbeat.com. Go visit it. Realistically, if Arkansas wins against Texas A&M, college game day is coming to Fayetteville next week, guys. I, I think, I mean, th- there's some other games on the schedule, and I can pull that up real quick. Um, let's see. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? I'll find it later. But there's – oh, here it is. Uh, this is bad radio. Um, other games that are that weekend. Okay. Alabama at Arkansas, number 16, NC State at number 5, Clemson. I think NC State moved up. Oklahoma State at Baylor and Kentucky at Ole Miss. But, I mean, if, if you're talking two top ten teams, Arkansas probably moves up with a win over A&M. It's got to go to Fayetteville, right, Robert? Yeah, I think uh, Clemson and Oxford have probably hosted college game day a lot more recently than Fayetteville has. So, I would think so. That would make it SEC Nation week one, and then SEC Nation's going to Arlington for Arkansas and A&M. Uh, somebody did say that they're going to – Arlington for A&M and that's just not true they're not going to Arlington just for Texas A&M they're going for Arkansas and Texas A&M because um, it's a neutral site game and then that would mean college game day so what a what a start to the season for Arkansas and I mean the Sam Pittman effect we keep saying it like every week it's the Sam Pittman effect this dude has it's incredible and Robert and I talked about this after the game Alex you weren't there of course no offense buddy um we talked about this after the game, and I'll we'll just go and get your take on this, Alex. If Sam Pittman and Arkansas were to have lost that game to Missouri State, I was thinking about it during the game. I was not looking forward to that press conference. I was not looking forward to the backlash from the fans because, and you know, I cover the team. I, I don't want to be biased, but Sam Pittman is a very likable guy. Um, I I enjoy listening to the man talk. I enjoy you know asking questions to him. I. I, I enjoy the way that the state, you know, comes around him in this program, and it just would have been unfortunate to see the reaction to that. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think anytime you lose in college football, you're going to see overreactions and or reactions and overreactions coming from, from all angles. Um, it's hard to tell whether or not this game would have been a, a reaction, a, a you know reasonable reaction or, a, or an overreaction just because of 
the caliber of the opponent. If you lose to Alabama, if you lose to last year, that Auburn loss was really, really bad. Those games, you're going to get reactions, and sometimes they're justified, but people are generally going to go over and and do too much. But a loss against Missouri State really, really hurts. And for a lot, a lot of that game, it felt like um, I, I was sitting next to my girlfriend at the time or during in the first quarter, and I said to her, you know, I, I don't like the way this feels. This feels like the last night game I was at in Razorback Stadium as a student, and that was the San Jose State game in 2019. So it, it had bad vibes the entire first first half and then a lot of the third quarter as well. Um, they were able to pull away in the end, but I think the difference there is that you had a staff that was able to finally adjust and get things going versus the previous staff that just couldn't get that taken care of. Yeah, that was one of those things in this game where if this was a Chad Morris coach team, they would have lost the game probably 42 to 10 or something like that. But this is a Sam Pittman coach team. You got Kendall Browse, you got Barry Odom, you got that entire staff, you got this team that has bought in and they came back and won. <clears throat> I mean, it's not how you wanted a game against an FCS opponent to go. Um, but I'll say this, if it was any other coach on the uh, opposing sideline, there's probably a lot more backlash right now, a lot more people complaining, and there's still people complaining. You know, it, it was a game where Arkansas struggled, but it was Bobby Petrino over there on the other side, and the, the fans of Arkansas football understand who Bobby Petrino is. They understand that no matter who who he's coaching or what team he's bringing in, it's going to be a tough game, and he's going to have a game plan, and sure enough, he did. So let's get into it, guys. Uh, Arkansas, 597 yards of total offense. We were talking before this, if KJ doesn't kneel down three yards, you're looking at 600 yards of total offense. Missouri State had 409 yards of total offense. Uh, Arkansas ran the ball. Okay. Um, you know, their rushing grade, I'm looking, I got pro football focus pulled up over here. Their, their rushing grade was the lowest on the season, a 62.7 from pro football focus. That's on a scale of zero to 100 uh the second lowest and there's only been three games but it was cincinnati 69.7 so um they did struggle to run the ball at times but it was the turnovers man the two fumbles and then the interception from kj they also had one uh it was a turnover on downs but i mean robert we kind of talked about it after the game that rocket sanders fumble that was a huge you know play where he fumbled the ball into the end zone and missouri state recovered it it's just those turnovers in the first half. Arkansas kept hurting itself instead of, um, you know, doing what they can to win the game. Yeah, I'd like to dispute a couple of things you said in the open, if I may. Um, the first of which, I guess Sam Pittman said it, you didn't, is that he got out coached. I don't know if I buy that. I mean, maybe, maybe he did in the sense that Bobby Petrino did some things right and Sam Pittman didn't do – anything in particular right but he also didn't do anything wrong you know like for 45 minutes and then some Arkansas trailed this game because they turned the ball over three times I'm sure he did not draw those three turnovers up um the the KJ Jefferson fumble turned into a touchdown I believe the Rocket Sanders fumble should have been an Arkansas touchdown it turned into a Missouri State field goal so that's a 10-point swing right there um and then um KJ threw a, a, a pick off the hands of Trey Knox later. And, um, I, I guess they, they ended up being okay on, but I mean, if you look at it, the deficit in the fourth quarter was 10 points. 
they they allowed 10 points off turnovers. That's I mean that that would have been the difference right there. So I don't I don't think Sam Pittman did a poor job of coaching at all. I mean the the one the one questionable decision from the sideline in my mind was the the handoff on fourth and nine. And you can you can put that on Kendall Bryles, I'm pretty sure. So um I mean the we, we heard in our interview with uh, with the Missouri State beat writer last week that Arkansas was going to have to do a lot wrong to lose this game. Arkansas did a lot wrong, and they were in jeopardy of losing. Um, however, they did a lot right in the fourth quarter to to right the wrongs. You know, um, the they they trailed by ten with like twelve minutes remaining, and then. Three minutes later, they were on top by four. So um, it, it's a 60-minute game. Um, I, I would argue, um, you know, hindsight 2020, that they're, they're, we were correct. There was no need to panic. Um, Arkansas had, you know, 12 minutes left to figure it out, and they figured it out. So, um, you know, have a little faith. This, this is a top-10 team for a reason. Um, I, I would like to, I would like to call this one a fluke and remain confident that they will um, play a much cleaner game in Arlington this week. I don't know if you would say fluke. I think that Missouri State is still a really good FCS team, like we've talked about. Like, I think the whole FCS label for Missouri State is, you know, it is it is what it is. But they're still a good football team coached by a really good football coach, and so, I mean. You ex- we expected them to come in and score points. We just didn't expect Arkansas to be down by 10 with 12 minutes and four seconds left in the fourth quarter. Um, and then you mentioned it three minutes later, Arkansas was on top 31 and 27 after Bryce Stevens took a punt back 82 yards. That was just incredible. Um, it was it was that play in the 73-yard uh, dump off that was basically a run but it ended up being a pass from KJ to Rocket Sanders where he just – gutted it up the middle and ran faster than all the other guys. This Arkansas team, I, I, I've i talked about this for the three years that Kendall Browse has been the offensive coordinator. I don't I, – it's so weird how one drive they can just stall out, run, run, pass, punt. And then another drive they can just hit two big plays in a row and score a touchdown. It's just so They did weird. it twice. It, but mean, it feels were... like it feels like they could do that at any point. Why not just do it every single drive? I understand that's not how football works. I I get that, but it's it's almost like they know when they have those drives in them, and it's like that. I guess they strategically plan when they're gonna go out and have their two or three play drives. Right, and and think about if if they punch that that touchdown in when when Keytron Jackson comes up just short of the goal line too. I mean that's that's three drives each that probably take. I don't know, under a minute. I don't know about I don't know about the one that, that resulted in a fumble, but I know there was one that took 16 seconds, one that took 26, and then there was the punt return touchdown. So um, things happened pretty fast for for Arkansas in in Saturday's game. All right, Alex, we've given our our big takeaways not only on the podcast so far, but over at hogbeat.com. Go check it out. H A W G B E A T dot com. All the content that we had from Arkansas, Missouri State, all the content we'll have this week leading up to Texas A&M, a lot of great stuff. I've also got those pro football focus stories for everybody. Rivals finally finalized the deal with pro football focus, so I can do those stories again. But, Alex, let's get your takeaways from this game. 
um, you know, you were you were looking at it from a different vantage point than us. So give us your thoughts. Yeah, first of all, I mean, I was not expecting this game to be a you know seventy four thousand st- cr- uh, strong crowd. So uh, we showed up to the game a little bit late and ended up in the the upper upper uh, upper deck, which I've never been up there. It was a an interesting way to watch the game, but you did get to see a lot. Um, that, that punt return materializing was very cool to see all the students kind of realizing what's going on and see him break free. Um, I, I think this was a, a weird game. I think there's no better way to put it. Um, you've got your, your team's former coach was really good for, for the program and then kind of left it in disarray whenever his incident happened. Um, and you've got a team that's, that's finally now starting to rise from the ashes who better to bring them back down a peg than, than Bobby Petrino. And he, he was very, very close to doing it. Um, I, I think like Robert said, maybe you didn't get out coach. You can't, you can't account for turnovers like that. The fourth and nine decision is inexcusable in my opinion. I, I analytics, not analytics, just seeing what your gut's doing. If you're going to punt on fourth and one from midfield, you you can't be running the ball on fourth and nine from midfield. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, it, it, you have those big shot plays. A lot of times, you know, you you hear it time and time again. And I don't want to be one of those people, but run, run, roll out pass every single drive. That's what the first half looked like on every single drive. And when they broke from that and they threw maybe a pass to start or two passes to start and got rolling, you saw a team that really was thriving offensively. You were able to get the receivers involved. A couple drops, which I wasn't necessarily expecting with how well the receivers have been playing. But um, it, it it is strange to see them consistently. I, I get you want to establish the run, but if you've got other things that are working, go out and win a football game. You know that this team can run the ball. You know the linemen enjoy blocking for it. You've got a really talented backfield with KJ and, and Rocket Sanders, and then you've also still got Dominique Johnson, who hasn't made his mark on this season. You've got A.J. Green, who's able to get things going, Rashad Dominion. So um, just a weird game. I think defensively, you've still got a lot of issues with the defensive backfield. Um, the quarterback, once again, this was probably one of the best quarterbacks Arkansas has faced to this point. And he was he was making some of the throws that, that uh, Ben Bryant and that Spencer Rattler weren't, but he's still not hitting throws in the, at the clip that, that Bryce Young is, the clip that Jackson Dart will, at the clip that Jaden Daniels will. So you've got a lot of issues there. You need to get them resolved. I understand there are injuries, but you can't be leaving guys running wide open in, in the defensive backfield and expect for there not to be serious issues with your, your ability to stop them. Yeah, I, I was going to bring up, you know, how important is Miles Slusher and Jalen Catalan to this team? You know that you got Jalen Catalan out for the season. You're hoping Miles Slusher can be back for A&M. You really need him back for A&M um, because you saw in this game that they're just getting uh, torched at times. Uh, n- no offense at all to Jaden Johnson, but he's really struggling there in the nickel spot filling in for Slusher. Uh, his tackle grade – from pro football focus was easily the worst on the team. He had a 24.4 tackle grade from pro football focus. And that's on a scale of zero to 100. The team as a whole had a 33.6 tackle grade, which was by far the worst on the season. Um, They, they struggled to tackle. You mentioned Jason Shelley, the quarterback from Missouri state. I I think he was the best quarterback that they faced. Uh, A lot of people are saying, and you know, from reading into Missouri state a lot last week, it seems like this guy has a good shot at winning the Walter Payton award on the FCS level, which I believe that is the one that is basically the Heisman for the FCS football. So 
Um, that one, that quarterback, Jason Shelley, he was good. Uh, he tore Arkansas up at times. I, I'm thinking that I think it was a 47-yard pass where Arkansas just complete blown coverage. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Jason Shelley to Tyrone Scott, who was their top wide receiver, transferred from Central Michigan, 47 yards. Uh, it was a what a fourth? That was a fourth and two, I think. Fourth and one, I think. Fourth it was it was one. right after Drew Sanders absolutely blew the guy up to stop him short. Remember that? Yeah, that I was I was I mean that was one of those plays where you're thinking if Arkansas gets a stop here, the momentum swings uh, in a big way, and the Hogs will get things taken care of. But then they throw that pass and that makes it twenty four to seventeen. Uh, they're close to the end of the third quarter, and then they hit another field goal. Uh, on the close with 12:04 left in the fourth quarter, and then of course, Arkansas takes it from there. I don't know, guys. It it, it was one of those games, and I, I think back to when Pittman walked in after the Cincinnati game, and he was like, "Oh boy, I don't ever want to play that team again." I think he probably feels that way about Missouri State and Bobby Petrino. Like, I never want to play them again. Um, but I mean, it's just survive in advance they survived this game they got a win and realistically all that matters hold on okay there we go did y'all hear that okay uh all that matters is that arkansas is three and oh now right that's 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 the big thing um and let's let's talk about this real quick let's talk about rocket sanders because i don't remember which one of y'all mentioned dominique johnson but when Dominique Johnson comes back, which could very well be this Saturday against Texas A&M, I think Rocket Sanders is still the guy. I think he's still the workhorse. He's the top rusher in the SEC. I mean, he has legit he Heisman numbers at this point in the season. Like, if he continues at this pace, he's going to be one of the top running backs, not just in the SEC, but in the country. The question is, will he continue at this pace? He was on the field for 62 of Arkansas's 67 snaps against Missouri State. You were expecting to be able to see A.J. Green, uh, Rashad DeBinion. Sam Pittman mentioned if they got past A.J. Green and Rashad DeBinion, Dominique Johnson was the fourth guy. They were going to let him get in, get some snaps. Um, of course, we know that didn't happen because Rocket had to be on the field for 62 of the 67 snaps. He's a true workhorse running back, and he is he's been dominating. I think he's at 440 rushing yards, and that's 120-something more than the next guy in the SEC. He's just, he's just a workhorse running back, Robert. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, we came into this season talking about KJ Jefferson as a dark horse Heisman candidate, but the that conversation needs to be shifted toward number five for for the Arkansas offense right now. Um, I mean, to for him to have three hundred yard rushing games to this point uh, is is really telling, considering you know how we expected carries to be split coming in. I mean, he's he's well on pace to shatter a thousand yards. He's a lot closer to, to, to rushing for 2,000 yards than he is 1,000 at this point. Um, I'm not sure this pace is sustainable, um, especially with um, such staunch defenses, including Alabama, coming along. But, um, I mean, you, you got to tip your cap to, to what he's done to this point. I mean, he had, what, like 240 scrimmage yards? 167 plus – 75 quick math what is that 242 uh you're um, guy. two 242 yards from scrimmage and two scores in this one game i mean he's he's an electric player i, I don't know how else to phrase it really 
Yeah, and he should have had another score there too with that that goal line fumble. Um, right. He's really he's really been dominant for this team, and he's been the saving grace at times. We've really really seen KJ Jefferson struggle to get the ball away and get it where it needs to be for his receivers. Um, to, first turnover of the season this last game, but that he's missing open receivers more often than you'd like. Uh, not only just for a guy who. who, who fans were looking at as a dark horse for the Heisman, but someone to lead your team to, to, you know, potentially a 10, 10 win regular season. Um, is there any reason to be concerned about what we're seeing from KJ on missing some of those throws? I don't, I don't think so. And the turnover, I, you can't put that on KJ. That was on Trey Knox. The ball was in his hands like that. But as far as KJ goes, he said it himself. Like there were, Oh my gosh, why does this keep happening? I literally keep muting it. Um, with KJ against Missouri State, he said it himself. There were times where I sat and waited a little bit too long rather than just running. And he was waiting for routes to develop, and they ended up not being there. And then he he was forced out of the pocket and couldn't make a, a normal KJ play, whereas normally he would probably have, you know, just taken the ball and ran rather than waiting on those routes to develop. Sam Pittman was asked about it. He said that he thought that was just KJ doing what KJ thought was right. And then KJ said that he probably forced it a little bit. Um, so I don't know if it's as much of he he was missing. Oh, this is going to kill me, man. I don't know if it was as much as he was missing, guys, uh, as much as maybe he was just trying to do a little bit more in the passing game rather than playing to his identity. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and honestly, I I don't worry about it until it becomes costly, you know? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been costly, and you talk about the one turnover he's had was that that play where Trey Knox just it bounced out of his hands. Um, well, one but, interception. He has fumbled a couple times this year. Right, but that I mean, he 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 hasn't really had to, um, you know, be that, I guess, savior yet because they haven't had, I guess, this this game against Missouri state, but he wasn't really the savior. You think he dumps it off to rocket Sanders. He takes it for 73 yards and then Bryce Stevens. Um, so, you know, KJ did his part, but it's not like, you know, two minutes left in the game. KJ has got to drive him 80 yards to score a touchdown. We haven't had to see that from him. We know he has it in him. I'm not worried about KJ long story short. I'm not worried about KJ. Are you Alex? You, I mean, you seem like you were a little bit. I'm, I wouldn't say worried. There have been some throws where it's, you know, relatively easy 10, 15 yards and it's just in the dirt or it's way over the head. Those throws you have to hit if you're going to be, you know, a, a contender in the SEC. And that's what Arkansas looks like they're going to be this season. They look like they're going to go out there and be able to compete, you know, uh, with, with Alabama and compete with AM, who, you know, has a bad loss. But that, that's the caliber of team Arkansas wants to be recognized with. And if they're going to do that, I think you have to be able to make sure that you're hitting the throws that are given to you. Like you said, he doesn't want to go out and force throws. He doesn't want to do too much in the passing game, but he does have to be able to hit those open throws. And, and once he can do that, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm worried, but once he can do that, I'm, I'm going to be a lot more confident in this team's ability to go and win the game against Alabama or win, win tough games against Ole Miss um, and, 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 teams like that Mississippi State and in my mind all it comes down to is turnovers the only reason Saturday was close is because Arkansas turned it over three times and its defense did not force any on the other side um it, if if it's even or if Arkansas wins the turnover battle they they covered 
25, 6, 7, whatever many, however many points the spread was, no problem. Um, you think about it, the first two games, they won the turnover battle. They won pretty handily, um, even with all the mistakes that they made. So um, I play play clean, clean offense. Don't turn it over. Um, it, I mean, I know you got injuries in your secondary, but if you can if you can force the turnovers, then put the ball in KJ's hands. He's going to do good things. Let's uh, look at a, a few pro football focus grades before we get out of here. Um, in the passing game, Arkansas had an 83.1 grade, which was tied for uh, what they had against South Carolina. And that 83.1 is just attributed to KJ Jefferson. So he was uh, equally as good in this game as he was against South Carolina, according to Pro Football Focus. Pass blocking, they had a 90.3 grade, which was way higher than the other two games. So they did really good pass blocking, according to Pro Football Focus. And then also run defense was an 87.1, which was way higher than the other two games. I thought they did well in the in the run game. Uh, but it's that, it's that secondary that we're looking at, guys, that they got to get that figured out. We know that that's where they've got injuries. Ladarius Bishop wasn't there as well. Uh, Malik Chavis ended up starting first-team corner, and then they would kind of switch him and Hudson Clark out as the the guy aside. Uh, Dwight McGlother and every every other drive, it was, it was kind of weird to see that, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll get it figured out, I think. Uh, they just got to get healthy. Like, once Miles Slusher comes back, uh, I think that'll help a little bit, but you're still going to miss Jalen Catalan. Don't know how long it's going to be for Bishop, um, but Bishop's not the same thing as Jalen Catalan. All that stuff. But sticking on the defensive side of the ball, before we leave, I want to mention this. Drew Sanders. Holy crap, that dude's good at football. He's got six sacks. I'm pretty sure that leads the country. Um, I'm pretty sure Arkansas also leads the country in total team sacks as well. Drew Sanders is really good at football. He is. I We heard in before the season that this Drew Sanders guy was going to be good. Um, we knew that he was an elite pass rusher. We knew he played at Alabama, so he had to be pretty good. Were we expecting this, guys? I mean, I feel like we probably should have, but, I mean, you you hadn't seen it up close and personal, so I, didn't, I don't know if there's any way that I would have. Um, I mean, yeah, he's, he is an elite pass rusher. Uh, I was I was down in the corner toward toward the end of the game. I got to see his last sack. Um, they're on third down, forced to punt, even though Missouri State was down two scores. Um, I mean, the the if you look at the run defense compared to the, the pass defense, the numbers this week, 32 carries for 52 yards for Missouri State, that's under two yards a carry. Um, and, and Drew Sanders was a huge part of that. 357 pass yards, however, that's a big number. That's scary. You hope that Slusher can come back as soon as possible because, oof, but uh, – yeah, I mean, Drew Sanders up there, you know, and, and I mean, sacks count as negative rushing yards. So that's, you know, that's that's a, a sign of, of how dominant he is um, or he and how explosive he's been in the backfield. Yeah, I think when you look at a guy like Drew Sanders and you have Nick Saban coming out and saying, yeah, you know, he would have gotten playing time for us if he was if he had stuck around. Those are the type of guys you need to get if you want to elevate to the next level. Those are the type of guys that take you from, you know, from seven or eight wins up to that nine, 10, 11 win range on the season. And if you're able to start doing stuff with them and you see this kind of production, 
it's going to attract more. So I think it's it's not only good for for the team right now as as we're looking at it and we're seeing you know he's able to go and take the national lead in sacks and help be a huge part of why this team is successful up front. It's good for recruiting. You look at him and you say, hey, a linebacker comes into this system, whether he was you know a four star recruit out of high school or he was Drew Sanders or a walk on with like Grant Morgan, they're going to be successful in Michael Sherry's system. So if you're able to keep pitching that and really see it, the high, high end success from a guy like Drew Sanders, it's very, very beneficial. Yeah. Drew Sanders making himself some money this season. And speaking of making money, if you're displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands, or you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify, Andy Ledecky can help. He's a longtime rivals member and franchise veteran having owned multiple franchises and businesses. He uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy to put your life and career in your own hands. It's 100% free. So what do you have to lose? That is MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy Ledecky helping you to become a franchise owner. 404-973-9901. free. Worth your time. It is a very thorough process to help you get set up with the right business for you. So visit MyPerfectFranchise.net or call Andy. All that information will be down in the description below. All right, guys, we will talk to everybody tomorrow on the Gridiron Hogs podcast.